well, why don't you ever miss me when you're sober? And then that was like, oh my God, I'm going to write that in a song. And the song, <laughs> I wrote the song in 10 minutes. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you guys doing today out there? I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 71 of the Chris and Christine Show. Do, 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 do. Fantastic. It is wonderful. It is the weekend. Thank God for that. I really liked that fantastic. That had like a different kind of oomph. Well, there you go. Yeah. You know, I'm trying new things out. <laughs> so, Christine, how are you doing this week? Oh, well, today my body is sore. Why is your body so sore? Did you like climb a mountain or uh, run a marathon or something? It basically felt like that. I rearranged and redecorated the little boy's bedroom last night and I was like DIY, fantastic celebrity. Like I should have had a TV show last night. Unbelievable. And I surprised you with it this morning. What did you think? Oh, it was like my had tears in my eyes. I was Holy crap, this thing looks amazing. Christine took the little boy's bedroom and she totally like redesigned it and re- she did this whole like HDTV uh, TV thing where she actually let me in, closed my eyes, I opened it <laughs> and it was everything was rearranged. The bed was up against the other wall. She mounted the TV on like one of those uh, mounting brackets. Yeah, on, a wall mount bracket. On mm-hmm. the wall, ran the cables, reconnected everything, built an entire dresser, and she uh, totally opened up a lot of space in the bedroom. And yep, totally- brought in an area rug and brought in a beanbag chair too. Wow, I didn't know that place had that much room in that room. I know, it looks so transformed, doesn't it? Oh, I love it so much. So because you were doing that last night, <sighs> I think you were a little exhausted this morning. Yeah, you know, that manual labor type of work, I like to do DIY projects, but that was intense. And, you know, my dad's a contractor. I grew up on the job site with him and he could always handle it. And once in a while, he'd be a little bit sore. But man, I worked muscles with the the drill and the screwdriver that I haven't felt in a long time. So I woke up early this morning because I my body I had a pounding headache and oh, I no. just sat in the bottom of a hot shower for like 30 minutes straight. <laughs> wow. So you did all that yesterday. But other than that, how was like your work week going on? Well, this was my first week back from COVID leave and a uh, lot of schools came back this week and we've had a lot of the regulations and things change in California. And so uh, coming back, I thought maybe there'd be a slow start. And I would say like the first day was a little bit slow, but then everybody knew I was back in the office. So then I had to pick up. I'm, I'm leading a couple of really big projects right now. And one of them is set to launch next week and the other one's ramping up next week. And then we got a like surprise presentation that the state asked and nobody had time to do it. So I had to take that on and that had like a one day turnaround. So it's been definitely a, a heavy week for my first full week back to work. But uh, just like I've been working a lot, you've been putting in lots of hours. How's your week been, but Chris? Before I get started on that, you said you were back in the office, but I thought you were back in your, you talking about your personal office, like well, here? Well, yeah. I mean, technically, when I say I'm back in the office, even though I'm working remotely, I still have to keep work hours. I have to be available, be on Zoom calls uh, most of the day. And Yeah, then- Christine is a Zoom expert. She knows <laughs> how to do Zoom, frontwards, backwards. I mean, 
wow, I, I can barely get the thing running, but uh, she knows what she's doing. And as far as me, as far as work goes. Yeah, this how was it this it, week? It was actually very busy the first couple of days. It seems like the people were back on the roads, especially Monday, well, Tuesday, actually. It was uh, quite busy. And then it started slowing down. Yesterday it was Friday. And Friday, it did seem quite smoother on the roads like i flew up to north county uh-huh. during like rush hour prime time and there was like i didn't stop once do you think it's because people might be working more but maybe not traveling as much you know i don't know um it's weird because friday is usually our really the busiest right, day for yeah. travel especially it, going north or anywhere because everybody's trying to get off work it's friday feeling hell yeah let's go <laughs> but yeah i don't know it was kind of weird well that's kind of odd but you've also been working a lot of hours right yeah it's been picking up for the most part at work Um, although they do say the output i'm sorry to break it down guys the output for gasoline has been on the decline because of more people like you are actually working from home yeah not in the uh, not the office and stuff but there are a lot of manufacturing jobs and there's a lot of um other type of jobs where people actually have to be there and i think because even though the governor has really locked down California and said nobody can be, you know, in a restaurant doing anything, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, people are ignoring it and they're just doing whatever they want to do. And um, learn- yeah, wasn't there some page you were talking about, like on some social media, which we're not going to name which anal- which outlet it is, but that was like go support these local restaurants and dine in or order from them, and it's like people, like I get the ordering to go but to actually say we're not going to follow it just seems a little bit reckless but maybe that's just me i know people are trying to save their businesses but at the cost of somebody's health i don't know well here's what i think they should do this is a thought thought i just popped on my head just now because i'm a genius yes absolutely you know all the servers that are out of work because they're not serving anybody in the restaurants you know they should do is they should just make those servers delivery drivers and just have them do, it's called the delivery service servers. Right. Or why can't we go back to the days of having like car hops? Like Sonic still does that where they have like a car hop come to your car and they like put a tray that, on your you window. But takes, you don't like to eat in your car. No, not really. I don't want to make a mess of my beautiful cars. But I think that's, it also takes a lot of construction to build all that kind of stuff, you know, to build the whole car hop thing and the whole, the whole no, thing. No, they have parking stalls. Yes, they do, but they have the big computer screens and they have the overhead. No, that's Sonic. Pete, you could just like order on your app and sit there and eat. It's like curbside pickup with a twist. Okay, well, maybe that's next. I don't know. I know they have the outdoor dining all set up. Every restaurant around town, they put these uh, outdoor makeshift tents uh, things up and stuff. Which but what's kinda... the difference between that and eating inside of a restaurant? I know. It's funny is that some are enclosed. They're like an outside tent that's enclosed, so it's like the same thing. So really, the COVID is still there and it's still in the, you know, in the same area, so I don't know. But feel lucky if you live in a state that actually lets you do whatever you want. Because here in California, it's not so much. In fact, I even heard that um, in California, because they locked down, nobody can do anything. And you can't have Little League and sports and things like that. So what people are doing is they're going to Arizona, to Yuma, Arizona, which is probably, what, two hours away from here? Uh, Maybe a couple of hours more than that. But yeah, close. So, so they cross the state line and they go into Arizona. What? And they would sign their kids up for baseball and Little League and soccer and sports. And then I heard that in Yuma, Arizona, which is a small little, little tiny town, right? that on a Friday night, 
if you wanted to rent a Motel 6 for the night, mm-hmm. it's like $500. No, you got to be kidding me. Because the demand is so high. No. Everybody's leaving here and they're going over there. That's beyond insane. That's it's crazy. Well, first of all, those people should be quarantining when they come back, especially with their kids being around other kids. But I bet you they're not. I think, bet you they're you coming think, back COVID carriers and they're going to be like super spreaders. That makes me mad. Which makes me think the next step what they're going to do, because they already mentioned that they want nobody in California to uh, travel outside 150 miles of your house. And, right. And I think what might happen, I hate to say this. No, don't go there. I think they may do this mandatory shut the borders down between state to state. No, conspiracy theorists. I, I will. Why, I, they've what? never done that ever. That's like martial law. Yeah, pretty much. That's I like mean, a movie. It, yeah, I think it is a movie. It's like Outbreak. Maybe. I think it is. That's crazy. If they do that, they may only have um, highway drivers and constru- uh, construct, you know, was it like uh, mandatory uh, essential, workers. essential workers, like truck drivers, things like that, allowed to travel state to state. And anybody else, you cannot travel. You may have to have a work order or a permit or something. But uh, that's crazy. It is getting out of control, though, Chris. I mean, we're at zero percent ICU capacity in San Diego and a lot of different counties. And I am, you know, I whether you no matter which aisle, side of the aisle you sit on, I'm grateful that there is a vaccine. I know that there's a lot of people nervous about the intent, like the possible ramifications. But um, my sister actually got her first dose of the vaccine. She's a frontline uh, health worker. And I have to wait. Education is going to be eligible in uh, early February, but I'm going to have to wait until like end of March or April because it's like 90 days after. But rumor is, Chris, that they're going to start opening it up to essential workers because there's only been half a million vaccines administered in San Diego County and they have 2.8 million that if they don't use them, they'll expire. Why don't they just give them to everybody who uh, everybody you know who wants it? Yeah, I don't know. I think they have to go in priority order because there's people that because of work hours can't quite get there. But I'm wondering once you're able in that because we have to wait 90 days since we've had COVID, uh, will you be getting the vaccine? Uh, well, probably. I don't know. I don't usually I don't usually get the flu shot to begin with, so I don't know if I'll get the vaccine. Maybe I will. What do you think, babe? You think we should get it? I, you know, for our personal decision, I just know how sick I got and I never want to scare our children like that again. And I never want to scare you like that or our family. And if I can prevent that, because who knows, I could get it again after that 90 days and it could be worse. Right. So I guess, I guess we will get it. But didn't you say the other night how there was a place that was paying uh, people uh, money for your plasma? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm going to start doing this coming week is they're in big need of people who've recovered from COVID to donate their plasma because the hospitals are using the plasma um, and the antibodies in the plasma of recovered COVID patients to help treat other COVID patients uh, to help minimize the impact of like the severity of COVID. Uh, so I was asking, I went to go get my blood work drawn for my after COVID blood tests I had to get done. And I was talking with a girl there about, well, where can I just go donate plasma? And she's like, oh, well, you know, everybody pays different. And I said, no, no, no. I just want to like go donate my plasma. And she's like, well, if you're going to donate it and they're going to use it and the insurance companies get paid for it, why aren't you getting paid for it? And I was like, oh, well, long story short, she used to work for a plasma donation center. And so she knows the ones that are like high quality, very professional. And so I will be cleared to start donating next week. 
Fantastic. It's funny. A buddy of mine even asked me about that. I, he said the vaccine. His wife got the vaccine. And I said, yeah, I told him about the plasma thing. But getting paid, he's like, I didn't know that was even a thing. hundred bucks a pop and you could do it twice a week. And I said, where do you think the vaccine comes from? <laughs> well, I don't know if it comes from human antibodies or what. Yes, it does. Does it? Yes, I don't know. Yes, it does. I don't know. But long story short, if the, if my plasma, if a little bit, little bit of my blood will help somebody else to recover, then I have done my part to help save the world. Fantastic. Christina's a hero through <laughs> and through. But I was going to tell you before we move on, uh, last night when I was um, fixing up the boys' room, I was trying to figure out like, is because I'm home alone, you know, what am I going to do? And I decided to cue up some music on Apple Music and I was playing like 90s and 2000s tunes like uh, Justin Bieber and... Um, What's her name? Britney Spears. Yeah, oh, I Britney. almost forgot. Um, and I was listening to all these things in like TLC, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. And it brought back so many memories. So fun. I love doing I love going through my Apple iPhones uh, music collection and just hit random on all and just seeing what random songs pop up from like back in the early 2000s or whatever. And like, oh, yeah, I've heard that in forever. Right. But we this week had a chance to talk with somebody that's not the creator of some oldies, but some newbie music. Right, Chris? Yes, we have coming up next, we have an exclusive brand new breakout musician artist in the country genre. Woohoo! And he will be on with us right after this. Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is the world's largest collection of official fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love. If you enjoy our show and are looking to buy, say, a new jersey, sweatshirt, or hat, you can support us by going to podgo.co slash fanatics and get 25% off your next order. That's podgo.co slash fanatics. So check out fanatics for your officially licensed everything. And welcome back, everybody. We are very excited for today's VIP guest. He is a country music star. Chris and I have had his music on a loop for the last couple of weeks, and we are very excited to bring to you today our new friend, Jake Parr. (laughs) How's it going? How are we doing, guys? Hey, Jake. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Enjoying this uh, unseasonably good weather here in SoCal. Right. Us too. Where Where in the world are you located? Are you up in LA? I am. I'm I'm uh, in the Malibu area, I guess. Ooh, I love the Malibu area. There's this outdoor restaurant that I've been to pre-COVID. And it's like, um, I don't even know. They have like giant Jenga games. And it's, I don't know, it's like an outdoor breakfast place. It's so fun. Oh, I'm trying to think of where that oh, is. It like Malibu Cafe? Oh yes, yeah, you're talking that's about the Malibu one. Cafe. Yes. Oh yeah, I love that place. Yeah, I went there on a date before. Sorry, Chris. What? That was that was uh, BC. Whoa. That was before Chris. <laughs> B- BC before Chris. Okay. <laughs> before Chris. Before COVID. <laughs> before, before Chris and before COVID. There you go. A long time ago, but we're really excited to have you on the show today. We have been building up the anticipation with listening to your music, which we'll get into later. But we awesome. would love to know a bit more about the man behind the music today. So 
We know you're in Malibu area, but Jake, where are you from originally? I, funny enough, I, I am born in SoCal. It's kind of funny. People always make fun of me. You don't sing country music. You're from SoCal. I am from SoCal. Uh, I was raised by my mom's side of the family, who was all from Texas. Um, so I do have Southern roots. I did live in Nashville for a while. Uh, got the taste of that, and and I have a lot of inspiration from you know my family on in the in the South and and being in Nashville and and all that stuff. So. I'm a, I'm a California boy, but uh, I definitely have Southern roots. So did you grow up in like a busy city area or more of a suburban area? Definitely more suburban. Um, I did grow up in the land of the Kardashians, which is Calabasas. Um, but, but we we had horses. Uh, we still have horses. We've had horses and, and pigs and goats and chickens and all that. So I kind of had the... Uh, the you could say the bougie ranch lifestyle <laughs> right. growing up because right. I lived in Bougieville, but it was kind of, you know, it was, I mean, we had a big kind of farm in the backyard. So um, definitely more suburban part of LA. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of land out there. We think of LA, you think of like the city and like more like, uh, you know, everything's tight knit, you know, all the, all the places are, you know, slammed down together, but you go out to that area, it's it got room out there. They got ranches and stuff. Oh, yeah. We got trails. We got hills. We got hiking. We got mountains. The Santa Monica Mountains are right here. We got it all back here. Definitely. Yeah, that's one of the areas of Los Angeles that looks a little bit more, I wouldn't say Midwest, but a little bit more like Northern California where there's those rolling hills. But then you have the beauty of the ocean, like in the Malibu area. That's fantastic. Exactly. Now, big question for you, because Malibu is known for having some great surfing and it kind of seems like it might not fit with being a country singer, but do you happen to surf by chance? I do. I've actually been surfing since I was like seven years old. And growing up in middle school and high school, I competed in a lot of surf contests and I've been on tons of surf trips. I actually went to Cabo, what was it, three or four months ago? One of the only places you can go right now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we went for surfing and I've uh, been to Nicaragua a couple of times and Hawaii. Um, I love surfing. Surfing is part of me. Uh, the ocean is my favorite place to be, honestly. Have you it. have you surfed the Bonsai Pipeline area? I have. I've I've went to the North Shore last year uh, and the year before. So I've be- definitely been there a few times. I have some friends that live over there uh, in that area. Wow, that's great. Are you more of a are you more a short border or long border or both? Oh, definitely short border. Um, there's there's a lot of places that like especially this time of year we have these little secret spots that are really good for shortboarding. Um, I grew up longboarding though when I was younger because I just wasn't that good at it. <laughs> but right, um, I got into shortboarding. That's like better. It's a better feeling for me, I guess, going fast and doing turns and stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. So I'm new to this whole surfing thing. I just normally see guys on boards. I didn't know there's different sizes. What What's a short board? Is it like a boogie board? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's different. I mean, I guess you could say there's different board links for different uh, comfortability levels of surfing. Everybody starts on a long board, usually like a foam board, like a soft top made out of, you know, styrofoam, basically. Um, and then you kind of work your way down to shorter boards and shorter boards, and then it becomes a more of a performance thing. But then there's also people that longboard professionally. So you can kind of do whatever you want, whatever feels good. That's how surfing works. Right. You actually can surf with your pet, I heard, on a longboard, you know? Like the size oh, of- my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know a few surfing dogs that are out there. 
Well, we have a, a pet tortoise, a new baby pet tortoise. I bet she probably wouldn't be the best surfing partner with us, right, Chris? No, she'll you'll fall. She'll drop to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, she'll probably sink. But if you put a life vest on her, you might go viral pretty quickly. That would be freaking awesome seeing a a tortoise. That'd be awesome. Yeah, like meeting her her friends, the sea turtles in Hawaii. I could see it now. <laughs> we love Hawaii. So fun. We were actually just in Hawaii last year. Oh no, uh, twenty nineteen. It feels like it was just, I but know. it was like. Almost know, two years right? ago. You don't even notice it's 2021. Everything's kind of merged now. <laughs> so how was your New Year's? Did you do anything special for your New Year's Eve? Um, unfortunately, due to, you know, constraints of, of this pandemic, um, I, I did see my brother and a few friends, but we kept it very low-key. Very, very low-key. Um, around here, where, where my neighborhood is, at least, everything is shut down. Like, you can't even go eat outside. So... Um, it's completely shut down right now. Yeah, it's very similar. We're located in San Diego, so we're SoCal people too. And uh, our mayor recently put out an edict or a declaration saying that anybody that was caught still having anybody inside or outside dining, the restaurant would be fined and every guest at the restaurant would be fined. Was it like $10,000 or something, I don't know what the fine... It was like a big threat. Yeah. It's a threat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and there's a restaurant out by me that has stayed open this whole time, and they just keep getting slapped on the wrist. I, I, a lot of Newport Beach is open. I went down there, um, yeah, was it two days ago? And and there's actually a lot of restaurants that you can eat at outside, which is nice. I definitely miss that. And so, living in Southern California and being in country music, do you feel like you're kind of living in two worlds, or or what is that like being a country music singer in Southern California? I think it's great. I think the country scene in SoCal is bigger than a lot of areas and it's bigger than most people think. I mean, I play a lot of, of or I was playing a lot of gigs um, in the SoCal, Huntington Beach, Newport Beach area that, you know, we're always packed full of people that love country. And we also have the, one of the biggest festivals of the year, which is Stagecoach. And so, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it. the country music scene is thriving in California. It's probably, it's the second biggest market, I believe. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, there's a lot of guys that I know, like Brett Young, Brett Young's a SoCal boy or a California boy, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some other people that, you know, are from California or that are very beachy people. Um, so I think, I think it's just about, you know, where you're from and, or, or at least what your beliefs are and, and your roots. Um, I was raised in the country scene. My dad's been in country radio for 30 years. Uh, I was, you know, I lived country music, so. I don't think where you're from really dictates that. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I think that in country music, people get this feeling that you have to live in Nashville or you have to have a ranch in Texas or, you know, <laughs> live in Oklahoma or, you know, because there's songs that are all about that. But I was wondering about your experience building your career as a country music singer while living here. Yeah, well, I mean, there's two sides to that argument. Country music recently has taken a, a massive shift, I guess you can say, um, to where every walk of life is is featured in in music and in the songs that you hear. And a lot of genres are merging. So country, as far as, you know, the Merle Haggard and the George Strait guys that only sang about dirt roads and trucks, it's kind of a little different. At the same time, I have this song that you guys are about to hear called Barn Dance, where it was based on my life. I have a country bar right by my house um, that I grew up going to. And, and in the same time, 
I grew up going to my buddy's barn and doing line dance nights. That's what that song is is written about. And so we kind of have the country everywhere around here. And, and I think that you can find your own, you can make your own country and people's definition of country definitely changes. But um, as long as I think you're telling a cool story and, and people want to listen to it, then, then why not sing about whatever you want? Yeah, absolutely. So, Chris and I went last year, when I say last year, I'm still thinking 2020. So 2019, 2019, we went to the iHeartRadio Music Festival in Las Vegas. And one of the final performances was Kane Brown, but he was backed up by Marshmello, the the DJ. DJ, And so when you were talking about like how country music is having a crossover, um, that was kind of a new experience for me to see it almost like blending with an R&B and hip hop feel. Um, would you say that that's something that aligns with your style? Um, to an extent, yes. I I will have a couple songs coming out in the future that that feature more of a hip hop beat behind it. Um, I also am working with my buddy. He, he's an EDM DJ, kind of like Marshmallow. Uh, he wants to do a remix of one of my songs, so I'm not opposed to it. I, I think sometimes you lose the the real roots of what country music is, but at the same time the world is evolving. Everything is evolving. So, you know, what the definite, like I said, the definition of country music, I think changes and and you kind of make it what you want to make it. And, and that's that. Yeah. I've found that it's definitely a big change from when I was younger and I've always been a fan of country music. I think I got away from it a little bit in high school and kind of got into the R and B scene, but uh, about a year and a half ago, I went to one of those country line dancing bars and it started to become the thing my girlfriends and I would go do to try and uh, pick up guys. Again, this was what? BC okay. before Chris. Before COVID. But what I noticed is like I learned how to country line dance when my sisters would go dancing when they were in college. And so I showed up thinking like I am going to be the queen bee here. They were doing all these crazy dances. And I was like, this is like way different than I ever imagined. Very upbeat, um, lots of... Lots of fun, lots of energy. Yeah, lots of moves to it, but it had a lot of different types of beats. It wasn't just typical like banjos and guitars like I thought it was supposed to be. It's funny, you go to these country bars now and they're playing hip-hop songs, but you're doing traditional line dances or maybe not so traditional anymore, but yeah, you can kind of line dance to any song. That's what I love about line dancing is it's super upbeat and super fun. I, I used to go... Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday to my local country bar because wow. Wednesday was college night, Thursday was regular, and Saturday was regular. But it was just like you just go to line dance. That's all so we did. Are you pretty much a good hit on the dance floor? Can you like uh, you get know, down with your bad I, self? Uh, <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna toot my own horn, but I, I can. Uh, I can throw down with 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 the two steppers of the world. I like doing some spins and some flips and stuff. I love that. I love two stepping. That's my jam. All right, so post-COVID, you're going to have to come down and we're going to have to go out line dancing. We're um, going to have to hit Moonshine Flats. Yes, that's my place. That's my jam. <laughs> is that the place I in love PB? I that place. Is, yes. that, is that down at PB? Yes. Oh, yes. fantastic. Super fun. That's where me and Super my girls fun. used to go and we would like watch these girls dancing. And I was like, they were in their Daisy Dukes and I was like, maybe if I keep dancing like this four nights a week, I'll actually fit into some of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they do like lessons so you can learn, you know, pre those nights and then you come in prepared. 
Oh, trust me, I have their I YouTube know. channels shared, uh, saved as my favorites. Oh, and, really? There uh, you go. Yes, there was a at-home practicing going on. <laughs> Chris, you're finding things out you didn't even know right now. I know well, it's, it's like fantastic. a learning experience for all of us. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it's funny. I used to never like country music until probably right around the time I think Tim McGraw and Kenny Chesney kind of kind of took off was when yeah. I really turned me around. I was like, who are these guys? Well, you know? no, and the I, real truth is it's when Taylor Swift came out oh, and he okay. feels like he discovered her. That, that's true. I did. Oh, I, man. I did discover Taylor Swift, <laughs> a matter of fact, because I, I was telling people, hey, check out this new artist, Taylor Swift, because she sang that new song, um, Tim McGraw. Well, it's not new now, but it was back then. And you're like, who's this Taylor Swift chick? And all of a sudden, boom, she's big. So you're you welcome. I did. I did. Jake, you're next. So look out. <laughs> hey, that would be awesome. I just don't think, yeah, she's, she's great. I mean, she built herself a huge career, but she kind of in the country scene, like people that kind of do this crossover stuff. Yeah. I love doing the crossover stuff, it, it, but we, we take a lot of flack for it in the country scene, I guess, because it's like, wow, pick a genre, but why not pick all of them? If you can, you know, make people love your stuff in all of the, all the genres. That's what like I um, Darius Rucker of the oh yeah hootie yeah hootie so it was originally hootie i love that album the first album the hootie album um, and then hootie and the bowfish that's what it was yeah, yeah. Hootie the bowfish and then yeah. he, he branched off to do his own thing he sounds great i think he's got a really good voice oh yeah he's 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 awesome that guy's one of the coolest guys i've ever met in in the nashville scene um yeah that he really like made a name for himself in the country world and he's still making a name for himself in the country world he's still relevant i think um, but yeah, that guy's awesome. So who would be, you think your inspiration, what kind of like artists that you grew up listening to that kind of inspired your music today? My biggest inspiration that I will always say is Lee Bryce. Um, Lee Bryce is an amazing artist. I actually have his lyrics tattooed on my arm. What? Uh, his lyrics, yeah. They say, never let your praying knees get lazy and love like crazy. It's just something that I've always wanted to live by. But at the same time, um, growing up, I was a huge fan, massive fan. And then I got an opportunity to, uh, open for him at a festival. And when I did that, he heard my set and actually asked me to join him on stage for a song, which what? to this day is the like highlight of my career. I sang with him in front of about 10,000 people, uh, in Long Beach at Ship Kicker, this festival that they have down there. Um, and that night was like i said the best night of my life pretty much <laughs> wow that's um, so awesome yeah, you will always be my inspiration for sure that's fantastic now um other than lee bryce are there any specific country music songs that were like your mantra or your theme for life growing up oh um <laughs> probably i would say friends in low places by uh garth brooks <laughs> i went through my oh, yeah it's a classic my party scene in the dive bars and that was kind of like yep we're in some low places here but we are making the best of it um my whole life goal is to just live live as much as you can because like they say it all the time every man dies with few men ever live and so any song that's about living there's a song called living i believe it's by uh Dirk Bentley. Oh, um, I love Dirk Bentley. I saw him a concert once. He's great. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Awesome human being. His, his music uh, is very upbeat. His music has a good. I always remember his music having a very deep, harsh, like like punchy bass line. It was very, very. It yeah. hit. It hit you. Like it was very. Uh, is that intentional or is that is that when you guys make music? Do you guys intentionally put that in there? I mean, 
for certain songs, yeah, you want people to want to get up and dance. And when you have those like cool bass lines or cool, you know, like 808 in your drums or something like that, it just makes it loud and, and makes you want to get up and stomp. And that's kind of what my song Barn Dance was. It's something you can, you can dance to, you can line dance to. It's, it's so much fun. So as you are a country music singer now, Jake, when did you make the decision that this is what you wanted to do with your life? Gosh, it happened super by accident. I mean, I always grew up around the country scene. Like I said, my dad has been in the radio business for 30 years. Took me to every concert I could ever imagine to go to. Um, but I didn't know really about singing until I turned 18. I played drums growing up. I knew how to play drums. My dad had a drum set since I was two years old. So I taught myself how to play drums. Um, and there was this cover band uh, not to get into a lengthy, too lengthy of a story, but there was a cover band that played at this bar by my house and, and my dad did an event there once and he played the drums with them. And a couple months later, I, uh, was there eating dinner and the band recognized me and they said, Hey, are you Sean's son? I said, yeah. They said, do you want to come up and play some drums with us? I said, sure. And so I got on stage and then the drummer turned around after I played, I don't know, five or six songs on the drums. He goes, Hey man, do you sing? I was like, ah, dabble in it. And uh, he goes, well, why don't you get up here and sing a few? And I said, okay. And, and so I sang a song and then they kind of all lit up and they're like, do another one. And so I sang like eight songs in a row. Oh, wow. And fast forward, they started to include me in their shows. And then fast forward a couple more months, uh, the, the bars that we were playing, they, they asked me, like, do you want to do, do shows with us? I said, sure. And so then the bars that we were playing started to ask for just me. Um, without oh, wow. the lead singer, which was kind of an awkward situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that was kind of the moment where I said, okay, I think I have something here. And and um, sure enough, those guys became my band and um, they're still my band to this day. And we write together. We, we uh, Chuck, my drummer, he, he produced my first EP and kind of got me up and running for songs. And we, we started writing songs together. And then Next thing you knew, I moved to Nashville, and it was this whole journey that kind of happened. I was playing festivals and bars and all these cool concerts, and and it just kind of just steamrolled. And so that's when I knew, right probably in the four, first four months, was like, wow, music is awesome. Being on stage is insane. I never want to stop doing this. That's amazing. And having a father that had been in show business and in radio, uh, what was his role in your career? Was he super supportive? Um, did he discourage you knowing what that life can be like? At first, uh, I didn't really tell him at first because I wanted to make sure that it was like legit and it was real. And, and I didn't know, you know, I wanted to get some validity, I guess you could say, um, from other people. And, and once we kind of got this EP going and playing some bigger shows, I said, Hey dad, you know, I've been, working on music and I kind of want to show you and he lit up like right away. And, uh, and, and he was like, you got to move to Nashville. And it was this whole thing. Uh, yeah, so, did, you, did you eventually move to Nashville? I did. I, I moved there. I think it was three or four years ago. Um, I lived there for about a year and a half. And then funny enough, I got an opportunity to be um, working with a guy. His name is Michael Lloyd. He's, he's an awesome producer. He's produced a ton of, hits for people like the Beach Boys and Barry Manilow and all these guys. Um, and he wanted to work with me. So I ended up getting to move home because he lives in Beverly Hills. 
<laughs> so um, music actually brought me back home, which is kind of nice. And I love being back home because I missed the ocean so much when I was in Nashville. That's amazing. Who would have thought that your country music career in Nashville would bring you back here? But I was wondering, is it hard when you're in Nashville to really stand out because it's so saturated with people that are trying to make it in the country music scene? Definitely. This this industry has become more of a popularity contest than anything. It's I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying you you're responsible for making a name for yourself and and there's like 20,000 other people in that town that are doing the same exact thing you're doing. It does help to know people. But yeah, I mean, it's, if you're just going to move to Nashville and say, I'm moving to Nashville, I don't even think you need to anymore. As long as you can build yourself a following on social media and do your thing and make people want to listen to your stuff. And, and that's kind of what the labels are looking for, like how much recognition you already have. And yeah, it's it's tough. It's definitely tough seeing you know, everybody there doing the same thing you're doing, but you got to make your own unique thing and make it something people want to listen to. Do you, uh, it's, it's almost kind of like, have you ever watched the show American Idol? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I used to watch it too religiously and I kind of tuned out it for a while, but um, it's very competitive, especially those, do you ever laugh at all the uh, wannabe singers when they go through the <laughs> the first stages of the rejection? <laughs> And they, yeah. and they, you know, but the funny thing is, that's all uh, staged. By the way, I found out that they tell you what to sing, and they actually the clips you see half of them don't even make it in front of the judges. Oh wow! It's all yeah. it's all a lot of it's fake. I mean, it's all done through producers and stuff, and they edit it how they want it to be, so it sounds horrible. You know, exactly. The, but those poor it's people, tough. you know, it's tough. Yeah, there's a lot of people that go into that show that are, you know they want to really make a name for themselves. And a lot of people don't understand and have never been told that they don't really sound good, which kind of makes for good TV, I guess, in a in a way. Right. Um, but I think shows like the voice and, and American idol and, you know, some of these other shows, it sucks that they're so scripted it, and it sucks because a lot of times there's a lot of great people that, that get passed up because maybe they weren't too TV friendly or maybe they weren't, you know, I don't know. But, you know, look at Carrie Underwood. She was one of the first winners of American Idol. And she walked out of that show being like this young girl from a farm town with 50 people in it. And now she's a bazillionaire. Right. Just for American Idol. And I think that was before they decided to make it, you know, more of a sitcom than anything. But she was one of those people that, you know, was shy and and maybe not the best tv friendly but then she just showed this amazing voice and i think a lot of people get skipped up nowadays because of that right now i was wondering have you participated in tiktok i do have a tiktok yes i love tiktok my mom actually is a huge tiktok fan every time we go to uh dinner at her house she's like so what tiktok are we making tonight (laughs) we'll post some sort of family tiktok but i do i've been posting some of my uh singing stuff on there too which is fun well i was wondering about that because i've I don't have TikTok anymore because I got a little bit obsessed That's with it. Trump told her to cancel it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's because I would stay up till four in the morning, completely losing track of time. But I've seen a lot of emerging artists popping up on TikTok. And I was wondering how that's been a benefit to you in your music career. Um, I'm just I'm pretty new to the like promoting yourself on TikTok game. For a lot of times, it was just me doing funny stuff or like pranking my sister or 
because we were so bored in lockdown that I had to do something with my time. Um, but yes, it's a great tool if you want it if you want to promote yourself. There's a lot of artists that are relevant now because of TikTok. Um, it's crazy. You could post a video about like, I don't know, opening the front door differently and like all of a sudden it'll get a billion hits. I don't understand how that algorithm works or how TikTok works, but it's been really great for a lot of people to promote their music. Um, there's a there's a new, I guess you could say hype house called 615 House. They, these It's like a group of singers that formed a house in Nashville and they're making a killing on TikTok which is awesome. Great for them. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, we wish you great luck in your TikTok emergence. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm, I'm still working out the kinks, but my uh, I have a good team of people that are helping me out. So that's fun. So Jake, um, you have uh, two new songs, I believe, are that are available. One is uh, Miss Me When You're Sober, and the other one is called Barn Dance. Now, the mm-hmm. Miss Me When You're Sober, Christine and I were talking about that, and um, it's a fantastic song. I want to play it for you, you in a little bit with your permission. Is it okay if we play it for you guys? Oh, yeah, of course. That would be okay. awesome. Okay, great. So I'm going to play it in a minute. But before we play it, I want to know, is what was the inspiration behind this song? <laughs> oh, it's simple. It's a girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I hope so. so. I mean, She'll probably hear this and laugh. She knows. I mean, I've told her that she wrote the song for me. It was pretty simple. Um, there was oh, a girl it's a real dating. girl. Like, it's a real girl. Oh yeah, no. Oh, definitely. got it. Okay. It's a girl. Her name's Samantha. Um, I was dating her for a while, and she kind of like, I don't know if it was an excuse or whatever, but she told me she wasn't ready to be, you know, tied down or serious. And I was like, head over heels for this girl. And when when she ended it, I was pretty bummed. But then every time she would go out drinking with her friends, she would message me or Facetime me or blow up my phone. I'm like why don't and she would she would always say i miss you i was like well why don't you ever miss me when you're sober and then that was like oh my god i'm gonna write that in a song and this song, <laughs> i wrote the song in 10 minutes it took no time at all to write that song fantastic <laughs> it is a wonderful but, song yeah she knows about it we actually just filmed the music video oh nice oh, yeah i was saying we just filmed the music video um and that'll be coming out here in the next couple of weeks so tune in for that is she in it She's not in it, okay. but there is a girl that portrays her who acts like her in it. Well, I don't think her boyfriend would like it very much if she was in the music video. Oh, <laughs> oh gotcha. Okay, everybody, here it is for you right now, coming to you live. It is Miss Me When You're Sober by Jake Parr. Don't miss me When you wake up next to him You don't miss me When you go out with your friends You don't miss me Or the texts we used to send One drink from a bottle and it all comes rushing in Drinking all alone on a couch on a Friday night You'll miss me when the shots that you've been taking at the bar Make you feel just right You'll miss me with whiskey Or tequila running through your bones Why don't you miss me? Why don't you miss me? Miss me when you're so good
miss me well, the memories we made and you don't miss me or how hard I begged you to stay you don't miss me well, I got nothing left to say one sip of that whiskey and your thoughts come back to play yeah. You don't miss me when you're drinking all alone on the couch on a Friday night You don't miss me when the shots that you've been taking at the bar make you feel just right You don't miss me with enough whiskey or tequila running through your bones Why don't you miss me? Why don't you miss me? Or miss me when you're so bad? You don't miss me when you're drinking all alone on the couch on a Friday night. You don't miss me when the shots that you've been taking at the bar make it feel just right. You don't miss me for the whiskey or the key that running through your bones. Why don't you miss me? Why don't you miss me, girl? Why don't you miss me? Why don't you miss me? love that song so much, Jake. <laughs> Thank you. And, and here's one of the things I love about it. I love that in the chorus, the the beat of the drum makes it feel kind of like a heartbeat and it's like ramping up. And then... Oh, is that part of the plan? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> and then in the verses, it's like this kind of, I don't want to say distraught, but it's like, I wouldn't even say desperate. It's just like, why don't you miss me any other time? And then it's like more energy and passion. I like that kind of interplay between the two. Awesome. I'm really, that's, that's amazing compliment. I really appreciate that. That's one of my new favorite songs, by the way, Jake. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. That's, uh, that's awesome. I, I love music, man. I love singing. I love making these songs. It's so much fun. So did you do the whole arranging or was your job just, I don't want to say just, was your job on writing the song and somebody else composes? Uh, I actually came up with the, the original like acoustic version of the song. Um, I had this, this chord progression in my brain for a while. And um, even before I, I had the idea for the song and, and then I uh, kind of merged the two when I, when I was getting all those text messages. So yeah, I guess I, you could say I composed it. And then we kind of, as a group, you know, my guitar player, Ian, he's shreds that solo. He's amazing. And Chuck, my drummer, Tommy, my bass player, those guys, they are rippers. And uh, we went to the studio and, and kind of improvised a little bit. And I added some steel guitar and some other things. And, and we, uh, it was a group effort. It was a big team effort with Michael Lloyd, too, my producer. He's amazing. Was it originally designed to be just a acoustic-only uh, song? Uh, no, no, I wanted it to be big and I wanted it to be, you know, have big drums and big instruments and big guitars and, and, uh, 
but it that's just how you write every song is acoustically and and then you build on it from there well that's awesome now you had another great new single come out recently but before we hop into it i've been wondering this our whole interview because this country music singer vibe kind of gives you a portrait of what a country singer looks like so i have to know do you drive a truck I do. <laughs> I do drive a truck. I don't think. I don't think I could get away with it if, if I didn't drive a truck. You got Okay, but is it a Ford? Uh, it's a Ford. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, totally a Ford. The uh, kids love it too. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering that because you get this yep. picture. I would get- never go anywhere without my Ford. There you go. Yeah, I, I'm a Ford myself. I just bought um, a brand new Ford F-150 Roush and uh, four-wheel drive. I love it. There you go. That's what I have, Ford F-150, brand new. Love nice. that thing. She saved my life last year. I had a big, uh, big rollover uh, crash. Wasn't my <gasps> fault, but uh, did save my life. <laughs> All the airbags went off? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I flipped up pretty good. Wow. Well, see, I I knew it. I had this picture of the country music singer, sometimes wearing boots, but always in his truck. Oh, yeah. I got a truck with an American flag hanging off the back, and uh, I got boots and my guitar's in the back seat always. Oh, you are doubling (laughs) down. (laughs) (laughs) But also my surfboards are back there in the tailgate, so it's kind of of weird. Well, I grew up in a small town in Central California. I took Chris there recently, and there's a lot of farms around there. And Chris would ask me, well, like, what did you guys do in the evenings growing up? And I said, well, we would, like, go out into the orchards and have bonfires and, like, hang out and dance because it was, like, the thing to do. Um, And I think that your upcoming song has a little bit of something to do with that. Not necessarily out in the trees, but let's take a minute and listen to Barn Dance. But tell us about it first. Yeah. Uh, What town were you from, by the way? Uh, Kingsburg in Central California. Okay. So you've heard of Turlock. Yes, of course. I spent a lot of time in Turlock doing exactly what you just said. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, exactly. It's small town, uh, rural life. <laughs> yep. That's kind of what Barnett is about. Um, my friend has a farm actually in the town called Camarillo, um, where we filmed a music video for this song for Barn Dance. basically a recreation of what we do all the time. Um, he's got, what does he plant? Onions, lemons, all the, the big crops in the front yard. And in the back, he's got this huge barn with a dance floor in it. And when Borderline, our local country bar, actually, there was a pretty bad shooting there um, a few years ago. And since then, the bar has been closed. So we wanted something to do. So we would go to his house and we would go line dancing. And that's kind of where I came up with the concept or we came up with the concept of this song uh, was just go out and, and dance. And uh, so that's what we do. We go to Dom's house. We we grill some burgers and we line dance. And that was and it's in a barn in a field. <laughs> it's, ba- it's back in the country as far as you could be from Southern California, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, that is, that is fantastic. And here it is for you live, Barn Dance by Jake Parr. Town to 
bars in a general store Well this year's different, it's buzzing like never before Gonna drop those tailgates down at the Johnson Ranch Yeah, the whole town's talking about going to this barn dance Turning our heads wearing that sundress <laughs> Oh yeah I'll be tearing it up Cold beer in my cup Well who's in? They'll have to drag me out Cause I won't want that party to end Yeah Now yeah, we're going to a barn dance Yeah we're looking for some romance That is one of my new second favorite songs. I love that, Jake. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Fantastic. That was great. Awesome. Yeah, we had a lot of fun uh, making that song. It's, that's the best. That's one of my favorite songs to play live because it just gets people going. I, oh, think. I bet it's it does. Super yeah. fun to dance to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I could like envision myself at Moonshine Flats post-COVID. Uh, Tearing up the dance floor on that one. I really like that. It has a great beat. And what you can't see is Chris and I are here in the studio and we're like bobbing our heads. And then I look over and he's bobbing him his head to the same beat. And I'm like, yeah, we could get down to this. This is good. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's the goal, right? Get people dancing, get people bobbing their heads. I love that. 
Absolutely. Now, we know that 2021 has been off to an interesting start, but Mm -hmm. in the hopes that things will start to open up in the next couple of months, what's on the horizon for you, Jake? Oh, man. On the horizon for me, hopefully to get back out and start playing some shows again. I miss being on stage more than anything in the world. That Being on stage is an adrenaline rush that you can't really describe. Um, But other than that, we also have songs coming out uh, every month for the next five or six months. Um, we got a music video coming out for Miss Me When You're Sober uh, at the end of this month. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, And yeah, there'll be a bunch more material to follow. That's fantastic. And speaking of that, uh, new material to follow, where can our listeners find you online and on social media? Oh, everywhere. Um, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. You can ask Alexa to play me. Um, (laughs) You can ask, uh, you can find me anywhere. Uh, Instagram, Jake Parr Country. Facebook, Jake Parr, um, or Jake Parr Music is my music page. Uh, Yeah, I think that's, did I cover everything? And on Twitter at Jake Parr Country also, is that correct? Oh, yes, Twitter, Twitter. I always forget about Twitter. I love a good Twitter. I love Twitter. Chris is slightly addicted to Twitter, so he may retweet you a billion times, FYI. Yeah, look (laughs) at it. That would be awesome because I need to to get back into the Twitter game. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we have absolutely loved having you on this show and helping to enlighten us about the country music scene in good old Southern California. Awesome. I really appreciate you guys having me. I've had an absolute blast. And it looks like we've learned a bunch of things about all of you, all of us today. Absolutely. <laughs> fun. And if you need some inspiration for any upcoming songs, Chris and I would be happy to be the center of you writing a song about our love story. You're welcome. Oh. I would love to. I always need inspiration and I'm always looking everywhere for it. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jake. And congratulations on two fantastic new releases. And we are really excited to see you grow in your music career over the next year. Awesome. I appreciate it, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. The Pod Breed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Pod Breed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com. Oh, wow. Jake was amazing. He really was. And I never thought that I would live to say that I met a country music singer who is also a fantastic surfer. He, it is true. I don't think you, hardly anybody can really say that, but it was great. Jake was amazing. I loved having him on the show. He was such a great guy. He was. He makes me think of like the epitome of a country artist because you hear their music and it's about friends and love and like barn dances. And you think, this sounds like a person from their music that I would like to be friends with. And I would say, truly, he came across as that kind of person. I would love for us to go out dancing at Moonshine Flats yeah, after may- COVID. Yeah, maybe he can show you a few tricks. I'm sure he's uh, quite an expert. You know what would be so great is if it would be so cool. They have the live bands at Moonshine Flats that'll play and then you dance. How cool would it be if he came and he played down here in San Diego and we could like learn all the line dances to go with his music? Wow, that'd be fan. That would be considered very fantastic. Yeah, it would be so fun. And you would have to wear cowboy boots for me. Well, I don't think I have any cowboy boots. We'll get some. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
they, they're very they're very expensive. I would like to put you in some cowboy boots and Wranglers. Wranglers. Mm-hmm. Can I get some a skull can of skull and put it in my back pocket? That's that. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but I would like to see you in some tight cowboy Wranglers. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Calm <laughs> calm down now, girl. Calm down. I really do love country music, and I love things that you can get up and dance to. And I love these new singles from Jake. And he said that he's going to be putting out a new song every month for the next five or six months. Is that what he said? Yeah. So I'm really excited to hear what other new projects he comes up with. And I just believe there's great things in store for him. He has such a great voice and seems like has a really great heart, too. That's right. I think, yeah. I mean, why I'm speechless because it was just so fun to have Jake on the show today. It really was. And when he was saying that he lives near like the area where or grew up near where the Kardashians are, it's kind of hard for me to believe that there's like ranches and cattle or horses and stuff next to like bougie kardashians well i think there's a lot of land out that way too you know and there's a lot of it's like here in san diego we got that ranch uh rancho santa fe area oh right yeah which is uh if you don't know the area rancho santa fe bougie it's it's very a lot of land it's kind of tucked away but it's got a billion dollar homes and we were talking homes with like servants kind of homes you know right private stables and horse riding lessons and there's yeah. an even a polo club out there it's like a very exclusive polo club right so we're talking like that kind of stuff it's probably like that is what i'm guessing the kind of neighborhood he's, he's talking about which, mm-hmm. which is a lot of land but there's like you know lots of homes and private areas and, and mansions and things like that but um i've been through rancho santa fe a couple times and been over there but um it's been a while really yeah well i'm excited that cali has its own country music star that's up and coming And I would love to see when Jake releases a full album of his new music, because I think right now it's just uh, like an EP or singles that have come out, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, They're available on Apple and probably Spotify and probably all your regular music platforms. You probably can pick those up. Yeah, definitely. So check out Jake Parr and then stay tuned to his YouTube channel because it sounds like he's going to be releasing some music videos in the very near future. Yeah, the first video he already has done, the the barn dance video. I've seen it multiple times. And hey, fellas... uh, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's got some, uh, oh, Chris. it's got some ladies in the shots. Oh, so like I'm in it, <laughs> pretty much, yes. pretty, pretty much. Yeah, because you wouldn't be looking at anybody else. Of course not, Cause, no, because that would make no. me, you know, jealous. Da- da- Daisy Dukes, no way, man. <laughs> Daisy Dukes. I used to wear those when I was younger. I remember <laughs> last story before we wrap up. I remember one year for my birthday, my grandma took me shopping for a new birthday outfit, and I knew what was off limits clothes from my mom's requirements. All right, and my it was just me and my grandma, and she was like, are you? sure your mom will be okay with this because i got like a cute top it was regular and then i got daisy dukes i was like oh yeah my mom's totally fine with it (laughs) and then i walked out of the house one day trying to go to school wearing those oh gosh i was busted oh no yeah did your mom make you wear like dresses like six inches past the knee no but she did make me do the fingertip test on my what where you put your arms down to your side and your shorts need to be at your fingertips or they're too short what if you have short arms well, then you're lucky and you can wear short shorts. She would have come up with some different rule. But when I was a principal, uh, we had that rule because we wore uniforms and um, for girls and boys. I mean, it was more for a girl's thing, but they could only be two inches above the knee. And we did have some really because it was middle school, really tall middle schoolers. And it was really hard. Like their parents would come and be like, these are really long shorts. Like they're basically pants. Um, can she just like get away with it being half as long? Because I had one young girl. She was 
on the border of six feet tall, but she was all legs. And I was like, I can't bend the rules for one. But right. anyways, enough about my dress coded life. And uh, thanks for finding Jake and inviting him on the show, Chris. It was really such a fun interview. Oh, no problem. No problem at all. And I hope you guys enjoy Jake. And we have another spectacular episode coming to you guys next week. And we will see you then. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right. Forget about the ones who don't and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward.